conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. You guys, O-M-F-G, breaking news from Andy's Girl Central. Ask and you shall receive after only 128 or 9-ish or 7-ish episodes of Vanity Scrolls by demand. There is now available for purchase official Andy Scrolls merch. <gasps> what? Oh my. 
craziness. Oh my God. And a free whisper with every item sold. You have magnets. You have stickers. I think there's a button. There's definitely a mug. T-shirts, hoodies, materials, lusters. So much. I am now, can you believe it? The owner of an international fashion lifestyle brand. My goodness. Link to purchase on um, the description of this app. OMG. Thank you to T Public. So thrilled. I hope you guys love it. So many options. So little time before BravoCon. So make sure to buy your Andy Scrolls merch today. Send me a photo. Send me a little, you know, text slide into my DM situation. Yada, internet, OMG. I want to see you guys killing it in Andy's Girls um, attire at BravoCon, at the office, on date night, just everyday life. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode of AG, which will be even funnier if you're listening to it while wearing a Andy's Girls hoodie. All right, guys. Enjoy. Buy stuff. I live my life like the shoes in my closet. Always a 10. OC Fashion Week may be fake, but I'm always real. <laughs> is, that, is that too much shade to OC Fashion Week? Is there such a thing? That's the thing is I don't think it exists. I mean, I know it exists, but like, does it exist? Does Kathy exist? There's a lot, you guys. <laughs> already dying you guys it's andy's girls what number episode is this (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't know i think it's that was so mean i'm sorry i think it's either because literally right before recording i was like i do not know what episode it's like 128 or 129 it's like right before 130 got it um you guys it's AG. I am so excited to be joined by none other than frequent Real Housewife collaborator, light of my life, intelligent soothsayer, other words of which I don't know the meetings, Louis Peitzman, editor, author, professional best friend of Stassi Schroeder, creator and distributor of the phenomenal bi-weekly newsletter it is bi-weekly although that means different things i mean we'll, bi-weekly we'll means twice a week and every and other win. week it comes out twice a week oh yeah i never know why it means both that's why it's confusing it is confusing but i say twice weekly lewis peitzman is never confusing co-creator and distributor of high the <laughs> i can't do it you guys i think i might be high of high drama the newsletter that comes out twice a week that covers theater housewives and horror lewis Python, i'm gonna say your name again for the fourth or tenth time i think we're good i think people get it does it come out it comes out twice a week twice a week yeah and it's and you can except for this week when it came out once but generally <laughs> speaking this is a bad timing but generally speaking it comes out twice a week and i am so excited because the newsletter dives so deeply into things that really when you think about it all come back to bravo obviously the housewives right the horror show which can concern certain seasons right. bcc the season of um dallas and also just theater right that's why i called it high drama because it that kind of encompasses all of them like i like theater and horror were like are like my beats when i cover stuff but housewives like falls into kind of both it's theatrical it's horrifying 
and it's uh it's high drama let me ask you a question what's your favorite show just as a viewer as a housewives fan what is your favorite franchise to watch just like you don't think of any kind of like professional whatever just favorite <laughs> show to watch like what's you mean your crack? housewives show yeah new york and what's your favorite show to discuss write about in high drama like to parse apart oh i don't know it really depends it really depends um I think that like, I think that there has to be something happening because yeah. there are shows like, like New York is one of the, the franchises where like, it's okay if nothing's happening for me. Like I always enjoy it anyway, mm-hmm. cause I just love them, mm-hmm. but it's hard to write about that. Yeah. Um, I just wrote a thing last week about, um, OC about, um, the, uh, I guess it was earlier this week, but I, I wrote about the kind of. Uh, sapphic undertones <gasps> of um, of the OC. Oh my God, uh, T- Louis Peitzman, tell us everything. What you, uh, I'm assuming this is when Bronwyn and right. Tamara. Yes, yeah, so this was about. I wrote this earlier in the week, but it was about last, last week's week, episode, which is probably going to continue for the rest of the season. Who are we kidding? Right. Um, so I wrote about uh, the the fact that like you know we've had a lot of like house housewives make out with each other all the time. Like they they love it. They get drunk and they make out, and like that's great. Um, and some of them in the past have identified as more sexually fluid, but generally it's more like they're drunk and they do it. Um, yeah. Bronwyn claims to be straight and I don't want to like, she She does. She does. Okay. She does. She she says she has sex with women in the context of threesomes with her husband, but she said that she's straight. However, she appears to be attracted to Tamara on a level that feels real to me and not just like for the cameras. Like, I think it started out as kind of like a fun, like performative flirtation, the way that like a lot of new housewives try to like, you know, give themselves a storyline that yeah. feels fun and fresh. Um, but when she was like drunk and on Tamara, that was very real. Like, I think she's thinks Tamara's hot and she's just like into it. What do you think about Tamara's? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Enjoyment? I don't think Tamara's that into. So I think Tamara likes the attention and like enjoys like, you know, knows that it's good TV. But I think it like went too far for her, and she did say I, I I didn't see this, but someone told me because um, I just did BuzzFeed's um, morning show AM to DM, <gasps> oh, and we talked great. about this, which is um, exclusive to Twitter, right? It is exclusive to Twitter, Phenomenal. yeah. So um, I returned to my former employer to talk about yes. Housewives, um, and the host was telling me that Tamara, I guess, had tweeted about how like she made it sound non consensual that like Bronwyn like jumped on her and kissed her and like, she didn't know what was happening, which was very weird and gave it a, a darker, uh, a, a darker feel than what had happened before. Um, but even if you, if you watch the episode, like Bronwyn's like, I think you're so hot and Tamara's sort of like, okay. So I, I think that it's one sided. It's hard for me as someone who is allegedly heterosexual to watch these shows and I find myself getting confused because there is like a blurred line between women on these shows expressing their like sexual interests where it might be real and it might be fluid. And then trying to understand as someone who's not a member of the LGBTQ community, is this like them doing this for the show? Isn't an insult to LGBT? You know, if you feel right, like if I it's don't, fake. I, right, or- I don't, I, I think that it's, I think that there is like an unfortunate, like, sort of this idea that like you know straight women like to get drunk and make out with other women and that it like sort of you know that there's a difference between between that and like bisexuality or pansexuality right. um and i don't know i think it's like i 
I totally understand the concern that it like delegitimizes like right, sexual that's what identity. I, that's why I get concerned. But I also feel like I don't like the rigid structure of totally. like I like I enjoy a spectrum of sexuality, yeah. and I do believe that you could be someone who identifies as straight who's also like, hey, I think my girlfriend, assuming you are a woman, I think my girlfriend is like hot, and I want to make out with her. Like I get that. I don't think that like it's there's a difference between between like what's happening between Brahman and Tamara, which feels like something, and that's why I wrote about it, something real versus like when, God, I remember when that like on New York last season, when that woman came up to Sonia to make out with her, which and was clearly so weird. just wanted to be on camera, Completely. you know? And like, that's different to me. And that feels more um, exploitative, but like, I don't know. I, I was sort of fascinated by the Bronwyn stuff because it felt like it started off as like, maybe like for, for the cameras. And then it became, real like i think she's very attracted to tamra and tamra is like very attractive so i get it it's one of her best qualities it absolutely is um but in that newsletter i also wrote about um emily and gina because i am feeling some serious queer subtext from (gasps) the emily and gina relationship what and i've talked to lesbians about this so i don't think that i'm just imagining it i think that emily is like a little in love with gina and what's interesting about this is that, like, not to be problematic, but I get gay vibes from uh, from Shane, and, and I get gay vibes from Bronwyn's husband as well. So I, I'm like, I just had there's a lot of like subtext happening. Well, first off, I'm glad you referenced Sean, Mr. Bronwyn, because right. an AG listener tweeted me this week after we'd already <laughs> confirmed recording today, and was like, "Can you get Lewis Peitzman back on Andy's Girls ASAP so he can talk about?" Sean Bronwyn's and I was yeah. like the I don't know that I have magical. much to say I just I I mean we've talked about this before he he just like seems kind of gay but also like <laughs> there are plenty of straight men who are effeminate I don't I don't think that like I don't know what it is I just like I just he pings my gaydar for for lack of a better term I I he seems gay to me um but uh and and Shane I don't know Shane's just so weird and repressed in so many ways that like I wouldn't be surprised if he were gay. I don't know. There's something about Shane that's just like, whatever it is, Emily is clearly unfulfilled, right? And like, I just, there's something about the way she talks to Gina that feels very much like when you, if anyone's ever like been too into a friend, like when you have feelings for a friend and you're like jealous, they're spending time with other people and you like, you're texting them and you feel a little bit too obsessed with them responding and, like, when they don't get back to you, you feel, like, crushed. And, like, Emily expressed all of this to Gina and also was, like, you're the only person who makes me feel this way. And I'm, like, she's in love with Gina. That is so fascinating to hear and something that completely went way above my head. Well, I mean, and it, and, and it could just be, like, an intense friendship. Like, I get that. Like, lots of friendships are like that. There's just, like, I see that and I'm, like, Emily has feelings that she doesn't know how to express because she is too, like... The way she talks about Gina is like the way you talk about someone you're in love with. Do you think in her head she's replaced the role and responsibility ideally of a husband and romantic partner with that of a best friend? Yeah, I think it's complicated. I think that like, you know, everyone like, you know, you have your person and like, I think ideally, like I wouldn't know, but you have like your romantic partner and they're like your person, but you also have like a best friend who fulfills like some that, that, you know, a, a different role. Yeah. But, a like, different could, kind of intimacy. Right. But, um, I think that Emily has nothing of value with Shane. And I think that she, you know, 
even though Gina is like the one who's like a mess and like sort of was relying on Emily for a while, it feels like Emily like really needs Gina to be available to her in like a partner type way. And also like is jealous of, of Gina having other friends, spending time with women who aren't her. Like she is just like, she's possessive and she's, I don't know, like maybe in love with Gina. Can I ask you a question? So if we're on, if we're playing teams, whose side are you on team Gina or Emily? I think they're both wrong. Like, I think that they've both this season sort of been wrong. I think that, um, I think Gina is downplaying how much she has like sort of cut Emily out. I think Mm -hmm. that she, um, also like super overreacted to the, to the, you know, Shane's cousin situation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's what I mean when I feel like that was like more of like, there's more subtext there than what we're actually seeing. Like, I think that Gina cut Emily out, not because she thought Emily purposely set her up to humiliate her, which like obviously didn't happen, but because she feels an intensity from Emily that she can't handle. Like Emily wants too much of her time and is jealous and it makes Gina like uncomfortable and she pushes her away. Conversely, Gina has mentioned that she feels like Emily hasn't truly understood the pain that Gina is going through and hasn't really been there to support her. Do you think any of that holds validity? Yeah, I I get, I get that too. I mean, I, I, I do understand that. I think that like, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. But at the same time, so like I, I'm, I'm sort of on in that in that fight. I was sort of on Emily's side, but I also feel like Emily does ask too much of her. And Emily is irrationally jealous of the fact that Gina has other friends. And like Emily's thing with like Tamara and Shannon has always been so weird because like she always acts like they kind of like they treat her poorly. and They don't want to be friends with her, but also like she's been horrible to them. And like she you know when I'm she nodding. was like saying that she what did you say about shannon on like a radio show or some, or tweeted about no she tweeted about shannon oh, she there was says something, i forget there was something like nasty about it. about they shannon that, and then like the next day she like hung out with them and there she was trying to be all nice and was like why aren't they being nice to me and it's like well you're not like blameless here like you don't you've behaved really poorly especially to shannon so it's weird that like it's weird that Emily feels like she's sort of bullied when I feel like she's done a lot of that damage herself. But I feel like in Emily's case, and you know I stand Shan, but I feel like in Emily's case, she's definitely reactive, but she's reactive when something happens to her, where I feel like Tamara has done things to her for inexplicable reasons. Oh, totally. I mean, Tamara is a monster, and we yeah. know this. And like, I think Tamara... What's so interesting this season is I think Tamara is really the one who is like, she's, she's always been like a pot stirrer, but I think that she, it's so blatant to me this season with Vicky gone because Tamara is, (laughs) no, because Tamara is still trying to, because Tamara is still trying to blame Vicky for things that she is doing. Like Tamara made the train thing happen. Tamara is the one who brought that up and managed to make it about Vicky spreading rumors about Kelly when that was fully Tamara. Like Tamara... Vicky, yes, did her whole thing of, like, I know things I shouldn't know. Yes, that was bad. Vicky should not say those things. But Tamara deliberately brought up the train so that it would become a storyline. That was all Tamara. And and it has not gotten called out. I assume that is, like, a reunion conversation because that storyline kind of, kind of passed. But, like, it was fascinating how she managed to make it a story about how Vicky and all our talking heads is like, you know, Vicky spreading rumors and like Vicky will never learn. It's like, you said the word, like you said the thing that you and Vicky and Shannon had agreed to not bring up. Tamara said on either watch what happens or what I think was the after show for her show that she said it in a way 
to say to Vicky, you're intimating something. I'm just going to shut it out, shut it down by bringing up the specifics on camera, which I have tried to devil's advocate style understand in any way. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But she's so I I really do believe she could have just she knows what she's doing. They they clearly had had a conversation about it ahead of time. Several. Vicky was not going to say it on camera. I mean, we don't know. She maybe she would. Well, have. Vicky's whole thing is that she makes something sound much worse and much more realistic than it is. Right. So she's never going to be explicit. Right. She's always just going to make it into. I mean, I think that the the, crazy the, the part rumor. earlier this season when um Vicky talked about like Kelly's not allowed at her daughter's school and explained how she like learned that information, which was probably not true maybe true but probably not true sort of gave gave a lot of insight into like how vicky operates where like i believe that like random people like talk to her and tweeted her or whatever and say like kelly does coke and she believes that to be true like i think that that's how or or at least believes it to be a valid rumor to spread like i think that like seeing how easy it was for her to like hear something from some random stranger and take it as fact sort of shows you why vicky like constantly finds herself in these like in these rumors sort of storylines because I think that she just like hears anything and takes it if, if it if it fits her narrative runs with it I agree and I I find myself almost charmed by how awful her reasoning is in the sense that at what point at one point either this season or I'm re-watching some recent seasons of OC on Hulu Plus right now shout out to Hulu Plus completely worth it and um <laughs> I love it I'm like obsessed with I Hulu. do love Hulu it's so good um but anyway so she said at some point either this season or recently that I'm gonna fuck this up but it was like something along the lines of like well they don't like what I'm saying about them or the rumors that I'm like the things that I'm intimating but they weren't okay that I wasn't okay with what they said about me during the cancer stuff and it's like but what they were saying about you she's trying to say that they were like shit talking her ex-boyfriend and it's like well of course they were it was true and also it it is entirely true that vicky was complicit in that the level of complicit we don't really know but she herself admitted on a reunion after several rounds with andy that yeah there was stuff that she lied about and now she's trying to walk that back and also use that kind of i think that i think vicky is so fascinating with the brooke stuff because i think that she has a um let's call it a trumpian ability to like believe the things she says when they're not true i think she says things that like enough times that she genuinely believes it like i think that she has convinced herself on some level that like even though brooks was clearly a con artist like i think she believes that like he was still like the aggrieved party in this like she somehow is still like because she she spent so much time saying that like they were unfairly attacking him that now she believes they were unfairly attacking him. She believes she was totally innocent. She believes like all of this stuff. And I think that like she's someone who it really is like Trump. Like anyone can tell her something. And, and if they sort of like appealed to like, you know, they flatter Vicky and they say like, you're the best. You're so right about Kelly. Like, by the way, here's a thing that I heard. Like that becomes fact in her mind. And that's why she feels justified in like spreading that stuff because she thinks it's real. Eddie being gay, like all of this stuff. It's like, I think that she, it's not just like, it's not like Tamara who uses this stuff to like cause problems and like, you know, Tamara knows that, yeah. Tamara absolutely knows. She's very smart. I think Vicky is like, like something is like a little bit off with her and she isn't able to um, convince herself of like blatant lies that serve her. What do you think about her alleged demotion? What do you mean alleged? 
I mean, it feels like she's a huge presence on this franchise. She is, but it's no, it's no different than like, than, I mean, we, we have precedent for this, right? Like we have Luann, Mm -hmm. we have Portia, like Mm -hmm. there have been housewives who, I mean, Vicky was not in this last episode. Mm -hmm. So like, she wasn't missed. No, but I think that like, she's an important part of the season. I think Mm -hmm. that like, my point is that like, we, we have, we have had the friend of role is super variable Mm -hmm. and there are like times when a friend of feels like I, I believe that Carrie Duber is a friend of on Dallas, which is very strange. That's she is, so strange. She's barely been on it. Barely. Whereas Vicky is a friend of who like is still a housewife. But I think that has to do with the fact that like the demotion is more about like, I think it's punitive on some level. I mm-hmm. think it's like designed to like, kind of like get housewives to like, I don't know, to like, be more in line like to to do their jobs the way that like vicky was sort of like not bringing it in a way that she needed to to be a regular housewife and they wanted to shake things up but i think that like once that happens and like once that sort of like pay adjustment is made which is a lot of what it is is like the difference between being paid by episode versus the salary um then i think it's a matter of like how much they want to participate and i think that vicky like wants to be a full-time housewife completely So that is why she's on the show so much i think that like she's not contractually obligated to be as involved as she is. And I also think that like, if, if Tamara and Shannon turned on her and were like, we don't want to film with you, she would not be on the show because they know they're, they're not required to have her on the show. So I think the fact that she's been on so much this season is because it's just like a matter of like her desire to be on the show and sort of like Tamara's desire to keep Vicky around because I think Tamara would become the villain more if Vicky weren't there. I totally hear you. And it's interesting to me when you look at the teaser that they put out for like, I think they did it last week, the of like up, the mid-season things to come. And Tamara does this thing that annoys the fuck out of me because I am obviously obsessed with Shannon Bedore, where she lays these little nuggets of like, well, Shannon did this. And I think it was Shannon. And I wonder if some way in some ways Tamara is turning because she knows that Vicky isn't as available this season and she's now going to try to shift some of the responsibility for ill doings on right onto Shannon. Yeah. On her I mean, Tamara is like the least loyal person. Completely. It's, 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 it, that's what, what I, what I mean about Tamara sort of like villainy this season is that like, it seems more obvious than ever. And yet she like gets away with it consistently. Like Tamara has never been brought down. She's she is so good at what she does. She almost was the Lizzie season. Remember when she ran off? With I, was her gonna, shoes I was just gonna say, and like wherever the fuck they were, you'll you'll, ne- you'll never see me again. Yeah, like, yes, that, that was is, very that was as close that as was we've as close ever as she been. Got. Right. Yes, but but she is like she manages to like she is like a producer like in her mind yeah she sets her storyline yeah she creates the drama and she like stands back and watches it play out like. There were times when she like when she she was she was more directly involved in the past, you know, when she like threw a drink in Gina's face like that was like, I think also like a more emotionally fraught time for her. I think at this point she's like relatively stable aside from the fact that like her husband has health problems and her son is her son. Um, But I think that she like, yeah, I think that she just kind of like is, is sort of like backroom dealing and like making things making things happen without getting her hands dirty. Even though I think to most viewers, it's very obvious what she's doing. Um, the women around her don't seem to get it. So if we're going to talk about all things Tamra, what do you think about Tamra staying on the show? That is the question that really 
it gets a lot of people hot and bothered. Do you think that she that they should do a refresh next season and the largest indicator of that refresh is potentially removing Tamara? I think they would never get rid of Tamara. Because she's so good at this? Yeah, because she's like an expert housewife. I think she's like... There's more of an argument to be made for people like Kyle Richards who like... Well, Ky- Kyle's a beta. Right. That's what I mean. Like, Kyle... There's they they have similar staying power. They manage mm-hmm. to like, but but also like, I mean, Kyle's been brought down several times, mostly yeah. by her sister, just being a sister. No, I mean she. No, like, you're right. You're like right. she had seasons where like she she yeah. she just like fell apart because like yeah. Kim was a mess. But I think that like, like Beverly Hills keeps Kyle around more as like a legacy housewife, mm-hmm. where like it's more important for like the brand and the image than it is for like creating storylines. Whereas like if you take Tamara out of the OC, like I don't know what happens to house the housewives like i don't know like i don't think shannon could stand alone shannon is not capable of like driving story it's weird to me because i have spent the last several seasons of oc essentially shouting for tamara's dismissal and i'm watching this season and i'm finding myself in a place where i'm like i might dislike the way that she behaves but i do think structurally right now we're, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we're in a pretty solid place with OC, judging from the last six episodes. Right. And it feels like, regardless of how I feel about her personally, she's doing a pretty good job. And right. maybe I want her to stay at least right now so I can continue to dislike aspects of her, like character. Right. But it, it doesn't <laughs> feel like before it felt like, you know, last season it felt so tired and I was over it. And I'm like, this needs to be shaken up or something needs to be happen as something needs to happen. And right now I'm like, I don't know. I'm 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 happy with with the shows I'm I look forward to watching OC in a way that I have not in a long time and she might be responsible for some of that even if I'm not like team Tam which is a club that I do not know you know exists but she's <laughs> yeah doing I don't something. I don't I don't love this season I, I I like the season I think it's a lot stronger than it has been I think that um which is again a very low it bar had, it, the the episode where they went to the phenomenal retreat yeah phenomenal. was was one of the best housewives episodes ever and it was like such a return to form um I've never liked Tamara, but I also like don't think the show can survive without her and I don't even love her as a villain because I think she's so obvious about it I just think that she's like an effective plot device basically like she needs to be there so i don't i i've never like rooted for her to stay on the show i think that she has some great moments but i mostly just think that she's there because she's driving everything and and because there's no one else who fills that role of like yeah she's both like she she's she kind of tries to be voice of reason Mm -hmm. and have these sort of like more grounded storylines about like her family and her business and whatever and like God and fitness. No, I mean it's she's no, like had right. these you're very right. like kind of yeah. like basic storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also like is such a an instigator of drama in a way that like Kelly is too unstable to be that person because you can't like like Kelly is so all over the place that like you can't allow a Kelly to be the lead of the show. Lightning in a bottle. Um Shannon is so fragile and like, you know, like these are people who like are great for like these crazy storylines and like they will definitely give you like the scenes you need, but they're not going to like, they're not stable enough to, um, to guide things. Yeah. To anchor things. So I think that like, um, you, you, yeah, you need someone who's like this, like Machiavellian, like, you know, 
um, professional housewife um, who also like knows what she's doing and isn't just like, isn't just kind of like creating drama because she's drunk and, and unwell. And there are some women that when they, as they um, remain on housewives or when they join, I look at them as a person and I think to myself, how on earth have you not been on TV for this long in your life? Right. Like there are people, Leanne is one of them. Bethany is one of them. And I would put Tamara in that bucket where it doesn't mean you're a plus plus. It doesn't mean, obviously it doesn't mean you're a good person. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you it seems like you have so many gifts and talents that are so specific to housewives that it is fascinating and nothing to me. Else. And, and maybe nothing else. But I mean, like now, this, Bethany but they are, like, they are, is well, a great business person. Sure, but. but they are so uniquely qualified to be on this specific kind of franchise that it's almost... It's like unbelievable to me that until this point, Leanne has not existed on right. any well, kind of reality show. Well, that's how I feel I about mean, Stassi. I mean, she was on totally. several reality shows, but Stassi was like born for reality television. Completely. And like, it's a little different because like, I don't think Vanderpump Rules drama functions the same way as Housewives drama. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little bit more, it's actually kind of more organic in, in a lot of ways. But I, I think that like, Stassi is one of those people where you're like, you could not have found a better job. Like, this is exactly what you should be doing. So speaking of people who may or may not be born to do this kind of work, right. what do you think about Bronwyn? I I am not a Bronwyn fan. Why? Um, I don't think she's good at this. I think she's been... You don't. I think she's been very... She's trying very hard and it shows. I think that she is not cut out for this as evidenced by the fact that she cries whenever she is like confronted by anything. I think that she wanted to like walk onto this show, which she clearly did her research on um, as all new housewives should. should right. And it's I think that she, don't. I don't know. I just something about her that feels very phony and not in a fun way. I will say that like, I really enjoyed her in the last episode because I felt like when like that, like that's the real Bronwyn when she like lost her mind. I was like, yeah, that I'll watch. Like that is like fun. But like Bronwyn, like creating these storylines of like husband, sexy time or like family photo shoot. I'm like, I just don't give a shit. And I like, and I find her really grating a lot of the time. And I also like sort of hate, I've like grown really tired of the like quirky mom thing. Mm. I just think it's become like a housewife's trope where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like it, it bothers me. Like, I think it's just so obvious. Like Lydia's mom was like, you know, was that, was that role? I think that like, there are some exceptions like Rinna's mom. I love, Ugh. but Lois like is not so much a quirky mom type as just like a fun, like, like she's like a grounded matriarch type who like comes in and is just like fascinating and like charming um, and looks amazing for her age. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't love the Bronwyn's mom is like something I have to deal with. Well, I talked about this on AG, I think last week with Damien, which is, I, you know, have been rewatching recent OC and I found myself looking at Lydia and Judy's dynamic and comparing them to Bronwyn and Dr. Debs in the sense that I found Judy to be operating from a more like real organic place where for whatever reason she's like shutting out the world and it lives in a world of sparkles, but it felt very nurturing and positive. And then I found myself, this is before obviously this past week looking at um, Dr. Deb and thinking like, she seems like a dark spirit. Like I don't believe the crazy animated hair. I feel like she is 
there's something off about her and it's not in a good way. And then we watched this week's episode and I feel like that kind of played out. And the real moment with Bronwyn where she's like angrily, you know, defending her family or losing her shit. Yeah, I agree. That's probably a real thing. And also has a huge role in her talking about her fractured childhood where she's now trying to defend her family. But like her family, meaning her relationship with her mom is probably pretty fucked up. Right. Bronwyn herself went on Watch What Happens this week and talked about the fact that like they're no longer they're not communicating right now and have unfollowed each other on social media. Her and her mom. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I do think that like the other thing about her mom versus like Lydia's mom felt like a personality who was like, you know, ready for the camera. But I don't think that she was doing that for TV. Yeah, ditto. But I think that Bronwyn's mom wants to be on TV. A hundred percent. I think that she is like her like kind of like cool rocker past and all that stuff has been like very much like that is a persona. Not that it's not real on some level, but like that is like for the cameras. And I and and the combination of that and Bronwyn's very like affected personality, like I find it draining. I don't I don't like that. Not to mention or totally believe in woman of the people, Heather Dubrow. But Heather Dubrow said on her podcast recently that she was on a flight and a woman came up to her and was like trying to talk to her. And Heather was like, hey, how are you? And it and the woman was angry that Heather didn't recognize her and apparently tagged her in social media and some Insta stories. And that woman was Dr. Deb. The Dr. Deb went up to her on a flight and was like, Hey, how are you? But, and they were trying to, she was trying to like key key with a fellow Bravo Leb and Heather, who has said that she hasn't watched this show since she left, or at least isn't watching this season was like, I don't know who the fuck you are. And then Dr. Deb tried to like publicly shame her on IG, which felt strange to me although I a thousand percent believe I believe that Heather is like cool in real life like not in a positive way that she's probably she comes off as like a little cold that's just her natural personality but I a thousand percent believe that it was this was the fault of Dr. Deb absolutely who is really reaching with her 15 minutes of fame and has come under the hot seat this week because of that interaction at the world-renowned OC Fashion Show held right. on. The very, the very real OC Fashion Week show. I mean, yeah. they got the yacht, is all I can say to them. And that yacht is like a nighttime boat on a whatever. Um, but Dr. Deb had this interaction with a gentleman that she said was security. I don't know if that's the role he played. And a lot of viewers were up in arms not only about how the interaction played out because it seems super racist because it seems super racist and also about the audio because this gentleman you know Kathy you know new woman of the people has said a lot of stuff on Insta about how like Bronwyn's shaming her company or whatever blah 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 but this guy has said on social that Dr. Deb maybe used like the worst possible word that really? you can ever use. He said that he said, obviously he the, use word, the N word. Yeah. He, and he like typed it out, which he is a, a black person. He has like, every, right. we, we're we don't, not, yeah, we don't I don't it. even like using like the word. And you know, like I just, right. I, he, but <laughs> he says that she used the word and he says that Bravo edited it out. Now there is a line in the episode where she says, I'm going to fuck up the line. I'm sorry guys. But she's like that big, pause security guard now I don't know if he's referencing that line and is saying that she used that word in that line that seems 
from an editing perspective, I think that she was having like a white privilege racist moment and wanted to say like that big black security guard and stopped herself or her breathing was strange at that moment. However, if this person is saying that she used the word, I have no choice but to believe him. Now, did Bravo purposefully edit that out? I, I don't know if it was caught. I feel like some version of that would have been used in the episode. I don't know. I don't know. It's a question. I I can see Bravo cutting that. Because the shitstorm it would cause for them, like, would the demand to have, like, Brahman and her mom off the show, if that happened, would be instant versus, like, like, I'm trying to think of, like, racist moments on past Housewives shows of which there have been many, but, like. Oh, my God, there have been. Why can't I think of any right now? Well, I mean, so I was, I remember when I, when I've watched Melbourne, like, Melbourne's crazy. Melbourne's not an official, Melbourne's not a Bravo show, but Real Housewives of Melbourne, like. Did Gina say something? What happened? It's had a ton of okay. racist. There was a whole thing where. Chica, maybe? Um, They've all said racist okay. stuff. They're okay. all, I mean, Lydia's been casually racist, like, many times. And, like. Um, Petty Fleur. That's probably. They've they've all yeah. said stuff and it was like um I believe it was Gina accusing another house if I can't remember which one it was of calling her a um a racist slur um Maybe Lydia. No. Okay, it was a, it was a new house that oh, she was okay. fighting I, with I, I, I was and it was very complicated mind. because okay. generally speaking I I would always believe the person accusing yeah. that but it it came out of nowhere and was clearly it was it was all very fishy and it was like it didn't really make sense. Um but because um she is a um a dark-skinned italian woman Mm. um and it was it it was complicated but the point is like i think that was different because like arena has different standards than bravo like i think Mm. that australian tv can show that differently and another australian was it sydney had an n-word controversy I think it oh was yeah, Sydney. wasn't it canceled as a result? Yes, but I think that like I just think that like that's but I, I think in the U.S. especially would cause such a huge reaction, and I I'm, I don't know I don't think Bravo would want to wade into that. I think that it would like lead to Brahman's dismissal. How could it not? How could you like you know what I mean? Well, like, if she's not if she's alienated her mother from having a relationship right now, I think you cut the fat immediately. I think she would say that is completely inappropriate and super racist, and she turns all the attention against her mother, who's not a full time housewife. Right. And then you just well, we'll see what happens at the reunion if this comes up. But I I just think that like there's something I don't know. I I can see Bravo just not wanting to deal with it at all because I'm trying to think of other examples that is of insane like insane to me. I mean we don't we don't know for sure we don't know like, for sure. but I I I don't know. I I'm trying to think of other examples of like I can't think of any right now for some reason. I'm and I know that there have been and I mean obviously we're well, looking at like one a lot of like casual racism and microaggressions yeah. Yeah, on like yeah, yeah. all these shows yeah. and like and homophobia and everything. Yes. Yeah. And and like but I'm I'm thinking of like like um intensely racist moments and obviously we'll get into Dallas in a moment but yeah. like that's coming up. But I I just like um that's really I, I hadn't seen that or heard that, but like watching it, it felt very it felt racist because like her reaction was so out of line to the situation, and the guy who like stopped her was also like super apologetic and like professional about it to the to the extent that like it wasn't clear how and why it escalated that much, except for the fact that like Kelly walked over and like was Kelly. But it was so like the whole thing was like so disproportionate to what happened. I felt like ultimately the responsibility for creating the dynamic that we saw on the show was absolutely Dr. Deb followed by Bronwyn marching over to an event organizer and starting the conversation by saying, you owe my mother an apology. Obviously, Kathy is a special character in this world and turning on a microphone was insane. 
But ultimately, her passive aggressive speech about was, was in- incredible. Anti bullying was honestly. I watched that scene a couple of times because I was in denial that it happened. Because I'm like, this is so unbelievably entertaining, and it was. It just felt like so crazy. And then Bronwyn said, "On watch what happens." She's like, "I didn't know in the moment if Kathy was playing this for TV, but then I realized, like, no, she actually is this crazy." But like, they were all beginning at an eleven. I absolutely believe that this started from a white privilege, racist place in how Dr. Deb behaved. Right. I also right. have to say that my nine to five day job is as an event producer. And just to say, I have had moments of high level individuals speaking or behaving to me in a way that could be considered inappropriate. Right. And you know what you do when you're like an actual person working in this job in high stress environments is you take it. because that's, you're but, in that, but that's what the, the security guy did. He was very much like. I think. I'm just going to say... You think, you think Kathy should have been like... I don't think you should ever touch an attendee in any way. I think he did it instinctively. I think he saw somebody walking in an area and I'm like going to, with your permission, touch your hand. <laughs> I think that he was like, but he did it with her arm and she felt so high and mighty and bothered that she's and like... Racist. Sure. And that she was like, oh my God, you're touching me. And she, she made it into a thing that it didn't need to happen. And then he was like trying to explain herself and she would have no... And then she elevated it by essentially intimating that she was somehow truly mishandled physically and otherwise and said that Kathy whatever but and like the who are you sweetheart I'm nobody's sweetheart blah 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 it it was too much from the start and it right. wasn't helped by the fact that none of these people are actually event professionals these are people who like her this woman Kathy it seems like her hobby is putting on boat shows or whatever like none right. of this was happening if in the OC real world fashion week were real it would be a different story Amen. But I do think that I have had experiences with people who started at 12, but your reaction is to just like meet, just calm, diffuse, whatever. And it wasn't helped by the fact that Kathy is in herself a character. Obviously, ultimately, this was like a nothing burger that became a five course meal, (laughs) but it was also super entertaining. No, I think that, I think that Kathy, like, if I were the Kathy in the situation, you'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like, and just yeah. let Bronwyn be crazy. And Bronwyn shouldn't, if Bronwyn gave a shit about making sure that her, the night was about her kids, she absolutely would not have gone up to Kathy in the moment, especially if, as she said, their kids like went to school together. She, her mother was not aggressed. Her mother was not assaulted. Her mom was truly not mistreated. But even if she thought, no, she knows her mother. Okay. This is probably not the first time that her mother, sweet, loving TLC woman that she is with her rainbow colored hair has felt like she was the victim in some situation. And if I was her knowing that her kid's fashion show was like the next one up, I probably would have said to myself, I totally hear you. I'm so sorry this happened. Let's focus on the kids and we'll, we'll deal with it after because she knew in the moment that it wasn't a 911. If it had been a 911, she would have handled it after I wouldn't have judged her as much, but she went up to Kathy in as Dr. Deb handled it inappropriately. This guy instinctively, if he, if he did put his hands on her, which he said he didn't, it was, I don't think it was in any way malicious. I think he was more saying like, who are you? Right. And why are you in an area that you're not allowed to be in his, uh, you know, Dr. Deb mishandled it. Bronwyn mishandled it. Kathy mishandled it. Kelly was there you know like it was just a recipe for disaster of which I'm super appreciative do I think that her mom I think that her mom started it off on a really poor note coming from a place of 
total white privilege. And that's where we are today. You just call it racism. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, yes. And I think, you know, knowing, having more context for it just makes it worse. And I think that, I I mean, I, I hope that with Bronwyn and her mom being estranged, we find out more more it's it's really like fascinating like i mean a lot of housewives and people who do these shows like try to downplay it but like filming like this can absolutely destroy relationships like i don't think that bronwyn and her mom had a great relationship ahead of like completely before filming for a variety of reasons but i think that like this definitely exposed some shit and like there's a reason they're not talking and it's because they did the show together yeah because you can't ignore these huge fractures, especially when you're addressing them or not on national TV. It's so interesting to me that Emily has doubled down in her relationship with Shane, which says a lot about Emily's psyche, knowing the reaction that she has seen by viewers. I do think that it's going to be interesting in the reunion to talk about Shane, because I think that like when you're in it, you don't know how bad it looks. You don't know how yeah. it's being edited. Like, I think that like when she's when like, I can't imagine her watching it now and like still being like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she, it, I'm sure it looks terrible. And yet on watch what happens. She almost laughs off the idea that they're getting divorced, which I believe is a real reaction. And I watched that scene of her going fucking horseback riding, whatever the fuck, which was so random. I was very into it with Bronwyn where she's saying, I'm so glad I picked such a great dad, which I was like, is he? Wow, that's news. I haven't seen a that single very, moment of that. That was very that was weird, too. Phenomenal. Was like, and then she's saying, like, I'm so proud of myself for picking such a good dad and so proud of myself for sacrificing my own happiness because I don't deserve to have a great husband as much as my kids deserve to have a great father. I think people, that was I think dark. people forget their quote-unquote courtship and how weird it was. Yeah. Like people forget the origin story of their relationship, which is that they did not date... Um, they were like coworkers and like kind of friends, and then he asked her to marry him over like G chat or whatever yeah. existed at that time. It is, know. it is not like there's no love there. Like whatever love there is, maybe like came after the fact. But we like she explained like in her first season that they like basically got married because they felt like they should, and. Once you know that and know that it wasn't like, you know, they didn't date for a long time and fall in love and get married. Like it explains a lot about where they're at now to me. It also feels like she will only ever come from this place of pain because she's in a loveless marriage until she makes a change, which it it sounds like she's perfectly happy not to ever do. She's very, I mean, it's not perfectly happy, but she doesn't no. feel like that's something that she deserves. I mean, she's she's so similar to Gina in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's such an easy comparison because, like, she's, like, the brunette who's, like, you know, the curvier one who everyone mm-hmm. sort of, like, treats differently. She's mm-hmm. not this, like, skinny blonde in the OC. But also, like, this sort of, like, low self-esteem, awful husband treating you like garbage on camera and, like, taking it. And, like, it's just, like she reminds me of her so much. And like, you know, Gina had that moment of awakening and like, in the sense that she, I'm I'm giving Lewis eyes. Well, she left her husband and she, no. I mean, I think that Gina sees the reality of it, but I think that Gina is having a very distorted vision of what she's experiencing as we are watching this in the moment i think the gina of like literally right now i'm not talking sorry i'm talking about gina keo oh what 
Oh, oh my god! I thought you were talking about Gina. I was like, I should have, um, I should have, I should have like. Let's backtrack. Wait, say it again. I'm saying that Emily is the Gina Keo of this. Completely. And, and can everyone mm. who was confused by the last like two minutes like re- replay this with the <laughs> idea that like rewind, rewind. I am saying that that Emily is the Gina Keo and that she is the curvy brunette who doesn't fit in. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> She does not fit in with the OC. She's ostracized and treated poorly. She has an awful husband. And so, and I was saying, I have some hope because Gina Keogh, like, left, was like, everyone treating me like garbage and like. P.S. Does Matt still live with her? With Gina Keogh, her husband? Isn't his name Matt? Is his name also Matt? (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. That's really confusing. I think he does still live with her. I think she just made peace with the fact that they weren't. Like technically, husband. What she a, did what, eventually leave it, if not right, literally. Right, she dated yeah. other people. I yeah, mean, yeah. What, whatever it is, like I just feel like she had an awakening. Yeah. Um. No. Gina has not had the awakening she needs yet. And by the way, your estranged husband showing up in your home is terrifying. And we know that that played out very badly. So yeah, the end result of that is now really in a. She's in a tough spot, and. It, it was so upsetting to me, but I felt for her because she's she's deluded in her thinking, but her her delusions are so embedded in so many different people's like DNAs, especially women, where she is like, it was so awful. It was so terrible, but he cares about me so much. Right. And that was like, that got to the heart of me because I haven't been in a kind of situation that she, we've all been in like crazy situations with people where you put up with too much and you misinterpret abuse in some way, emotional or other or manipulation. And you think that that's right. care. And she thinks that him showing up, even though he's not in any way, apparently saying, I'm going to stop fucking that woman that I was cheating on with you. But he's saying, I'm going to get a job in the OC and I want to blah, blah, blah. And I don't like you dating neurosurgeons or whatever the fuck else. Like the fact that he was in her bedroom in her home at 1 a.m. and we're pretending that this is in any way romantic romantic is so scary to me also because we have the benefit for lack of a better term of knowing that he is like an abuser he is a horrible abusive person who's been emotionally deeply manipulative to her and now we know because of court documents essentially that he has been physically abusive to her so it's just it's 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 upsetting it's upsetting and it's also not abnormal for people to kind of have that thinking even though it's super distorted right I mean, I was happy, not happy, that's a bad term. I was grateful that it was on camera because I think this is something that could come up and be a really healthy discussion if she has, if she's able legally to talk about this, because I don't even know what that's like. And B, if other women can sort of join in and saying like, this is not what love is. This is something that's very scary and very dark. Can we turn to other? Speaking of scary and dark. So, oh my God, listen. First off, I lost my shit on social media last night about a situation that happened in New York. Um, And I don't know why I'm talking about this. It sort of reminds me of Dallas of like Harvey Weinstein was invited to a actor showcase that he's been invited to before by private invitation. And some women who were attending, some of which 
have said that they are survivors of sexual abuse or um, sexual violence called out his um, attendance at this event that literally happened two nights ago. And the organization, the bartenders at the club, the patrons, everyone booed them for saying, like, why is a serial rapist here? And I don't even I genuinely don't even know why I'm talking about this, um, except to say that it felt like such an obviously bad move that these venues have been trying to like pivot and say that oh it was you know why am I talking about this I have no idea I don't know I think it maybe I mean it was horrible and I've I've been like the women were kicked out and it was like it was awful um maybe it's like a warped it's like the sense that you don't ever know maybe I'm thinking about it a little bit because of OC and then we'll pivot to Dallas a little bit in the sense that like there is no bubble, there is no safe space. Mm. And that comes out in different ways on reality TV and in real life. And in New York city, the joke is that we live in this bubble and God bless because this is our safe space where we're surrounded by people that many people that live and think like us. And it's like, no, we don't this, this kind of, misogyny or um feeling that we need to protect the abusers at and by doing that like shame people who speak out Mm. comes up again and again and on housewives there are little pockets of these dark moments where we see things that kind of bring that darkness into light yeah and i think watching gina and matt's story gina with a g new gina watching that story play out on oc and probably watching how she handles it on the reunion is bringing out this like dark thinking that a lot of people who are survivors think where they misinterpret acts of um, manipulation as caring and on dallas this week we can talk about the episode because it's rife with conversation probably the first solid episode that dallas has had this season but i have been very distracted after watching the upcoming on the second half of dallas by watching how people have responded to what looks like a huge plot concerning something that leanne says and figuring out whether or not that is racist now i was triggered not like in a like actual trigger way but like just pissed about the fact that we're pretending we give a shit about whether or not her castmates consider Leanne to be racist because of a comment she makes about Carrie with a K knowing that the vast majority of these people voted for Trump so I'm like right it's it's wild because like one of the first things that Trump did when he announced the presidency was make a racist comment about about Mexicans Mexicans. so for suddenly (laughs) there to be concerned about Leanne calling a castmate a Mexican, which is not a slur. Um, it's all about how you intend it. It is. It is about intention. I, I need to see more of that because, like, it certainly sounded bad, but it didn't sound. I, I don't know. It's confusing. She wasn't. She didn't. Yeah, I need to see more of that. I'm not. I'm not excusing Leanne's behavior at all. Yeah. I just want to see. I want to see more see context. The episode. Yeah, or several episodes or whatever it is. But it also just was funny to me. In light of... There is some serious cognitive dissonance happening. And 
it's just funny because it's a conversation that I don't know that Bravo is going. I don't think Bravo is going to put the pieces of that together. I don't think that's something that's going to come the out. The viewers certainly already are. Definitely. But I don't know that for their na- narrative, they find it beneficial to get into these women's like voting records in a way that they right. have on New York and other and OC back in the day. And back in the day. But we, like we talked one. about this. They definitely. I mean, Bravo, two, they, they show more of the politics of the housewives when they are liberal. Yeah. So on Atlanta and New York, we see more of it than we do on OC and Dallas. Yeah. And Jersey, even though there are a lot of conservative viewers of these shows, I think that like Bravo itself knows that its audience is largely gay men and women and people of color. And I think that they, I mean, I know that it's more... It's I'm giving him eyes. Well, no, I mean, I think that, like, there. What, what is the most popular housewife show? Is is it not Atlanta? Oh, my God. You know what? A, a viewer, a list, an AG listener sent me all the stats, and I've already forgotten. I'm so sorry. I think because Atlanta is the most, has the best ratings. He sent it to me, and I forget. I feel like Be- Beverly Hills is actually ranked really high up there. Um, it, I think that we keep saying it's Atlanta. It might be Atlanta, but I know that Beverly Hills is pretty high up there. I just and think that Potomac I just think for example that like, that like black women low. are yeah. like a huge part of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of Bravo's viewership. And totally. So yes, I think that like the, I don't know. I think that they're, they're less concerned about alienating conservative viewers than alienating liberal viewers. I would say almost the reverse, noting that during the election cycle, something that Andy has acknowledged, when he would do poll after no, poll I, of I who's going to win. That's not, but that, that's not, I don't think that's like... That's, I think there's a huge conservative base that watches... And a, I'm, not, the, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against it. I'm saying that Bravo is is like less concerned with alienating those conservative viewers than they are with their liberal viewers. Otherwise, they would definitely have more of the housewives talking about their republicanism. There, they, there's a reason why the shows that get political are the liberal ones. Like you had the Atlanta housewives like going to DC and talking about black lives matter. Right. You don't have people on OC. I mean, we do this season have a storyline about, you know, Trump, but like generally speaking, we don't have like the OC housewives talking about how they want to build the wall. Like we don't have like the Dallas housewives. We don't Deander talking about her, you know, but I think a lot of that is the the housewives themselves not wanting to be critiqued for their political leanings. Right. And I think that's because they know that a lot of their their, you know, their supporters because they want to be they want to like be in the pride parade and they want to like, you know what I mean? Like they they want to Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I think this. that there is like yeah, I think that there is that they consider their fans to largely be left leaning even though I agree with you that it is more complicated than that. And I also think those polls that Watch Happens Live did like are not entirely reflective of anything. I think a lot of people who watched that were probably like, I don't feel the need to vote in this. Like, I don't think that it's like, you know what I mean? Like, consider the fact that like during that 2016 election, like we all thought that Hillary was going to win. And I can very easily see someone like watching Watch Happens Live being like, you know, I'm one of the many liberal viewers of this show. I'm not going to call in and vote for like, you know, Hillary. And then, you know, Trump is... I feel like there's the a much larger conservative base of talk about me living in a bubble. I no, th- no, no, but I don't think we disagree on this. Oh, okay. I, think, I think it's like I, it's I, just how Bravo handles it. I'm saying that like I don't think I don't think the polls really mean anything, and I don't think that like I don't entirely believe it's a fifty-fifty split. The majority of the country also is liberal, as we know. The majority of the country is not a Trump. Trump supporters are not the majority in the country by any means. 
but it's a lot closer than what we think in many ways. I think there no, are a lot like of four, silent It's like Trumpers. 40% of the country. Okay. That's literally, that's not. Is it? Yes. That's a large percentage. Yeah. Okay. Well, I watched the trailer for. Hillary the got th- three million more votes. Let's oh, just, I know like, that. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it's not like I make I d- America good Dallas again. And I don't, and I just, I just don't feel like. I, I, I also think that uh, there's a uh, there's a lot to unpack here, but I just, I just don't feel like it's as like evenly split as you think it is, but I'm also acknowledging there are certainly more and I see it in my at replies and I see it in people talking about Bravo shows. Like there are plenty of conservative viewers of these shows. Yeah, completely. Um, but I, but I think that like, you know, it's interesting. I think what's happening on the OC is really on, on, on Real Housewives of OC is really interesting because there is this sort of pivot to like Tamara coming out against Trump in a way that feels very, um, never Trump Republican where like, she's not saying anything about his policies. Really. She's like, he's like boorish and talks about women poorly and all this stuff. Like, you know, so she can kind of like pivot away. And I think also like what a lot of the houses are probably seeing is like, maybe they feel like he's going down and they don't want to be known as like having been Trump supporters. And they want to like kind of acknowledge they don't like him without, um, saying that they're like voting for a Democrat. I think that they don't want to alienate their fan base, which I don't begrudge them for. I think that's a strategic decision. And I think for Tamara, she's doing exactly what you're saying, which is acknowledging that he might personally be a piece of shit, but she's not saying I didn't vote for him. I would be, I would not be surprised if it turns out she had. I would not be surprised if she didn't vote at all, but that's a other conversation. And with Dallas, I just found it fascinating that we're supposed to believe that these women care whether or not Leon is racist, noting that so many of them support a policy. Well, it's about optics, right? Like, yeah. It's about like, I don't de- like, I have a heart. I'm sorry, but like a lot of them, I'm sure have private thoughts and feelings and voting records that indicate that they don't super care about this sort of thing. But I think that they don't want to be associated with a woman, you know, using racist language um, they don't want to, you know what I mean? Like they have to call it out. Like, so, but how much of it is them calling it out? Cause they give a shit. And how much of it is them trying to bring down Leanne? Oh, I think it can be, it can be both. We have to see how it, we have to see how the conversation like plays yeah, I need out to see because the like, I'm confused because like saying it's like, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's all about tone. Right. Because like describing someone as who is Mexican as Mexican is not inherently offensive, but it's, and I don't think even like, I don't know exactly what Leanne's sort of like implying with that, but the fact that she brought it up to begin with is like not a great sign. Yeah, I think she was, she was saying it in the moment because her gut instinct was how can I be, how can I make fun of this person or speak of her in a negative way? And she decided to bring up this woman's nationality and you put the word chirpy in front of it. She wasn't saying it as a term of endearment. I can't think of someone saying there's no comparison to me because I, you know, like I I can't think of another example. She, it's, it's the, the point of this is like, what was her intention? She, and the fact that in the rest of the, I mean, I'm fascinated to watch this play out, but like in the rest of the season, you can see the wheels turning in Leanne's head when they're showing other scenes where she's like well I meant her to be this and I meant when I said Mexican I meant that she was being like emotional or something it's not gonna it's not gonna end well for Leanne she's like looking she's trying to figure out how she can redefine her intention 
but it doesn't seem to be playing out successfully from the small amount of footage that we saw in that trailer. Right. And it's fascinating to me. I just, I like, I'm, I have this hope that it will, and it won't happen. I mean, it may, it, it, I find it hard to believe, but I hope someone calls in to watch what happens live or it happens at the reunion that Deandra gets called in her bullshit because I just like, I'm sorry, but like, she's not only a Trump voter. She is like a Trump fundraiser who did it during the 2016 election while he had said those comments about Mexicans. So I really am not here for like Deandra being at all a voice of reason when it comes to like Leanne's anti-Mexican racism. And the strange thing to me is that Deandra has explicitly said that she didn't play any part in, in supporting him. But when you Google it, she was on the like Texas for Trump, which she was like a chairwoman of something like it doesn't, it's very weird to me, but on a completely different note, let's get off politics because I really broke my brain yesterday when I found out about that New York thing and said a lot of stuff. Um, No, it's fine. um, So listen, a lot happened on Dallas this week. I'm, I mean, for the first time this season, what are you, what are your thoughts? You say that, but I didn't feel like this episode was any different than the, I mean, like I'm just, I'm, It's sad because Dallas was like the show that I Mm. was like telling everyone to watch that was underrated. And now I'm just super bored. And I I think that a lot of I've talked to a lot of other people. It's just like it's not good this season. I think that losing Carrie Duber was a mistake. Um, I think that she is not she's not a Tamarick. She's not as good at that. But she definitely like fills the role of like voice of reasons slash uh, slash shit stirrer. Like she definitely has that sort of like, I'm going to be like the grounded one, but also by the way, I will be like dropping little like seeds of, of like drama everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Um, she's already doing that in her brief appearances this season, but like, um, yeah, I think losing her was a mistake. Um, new Carrie. I, I don't really know what to make of her yet. I think that like she and Bronwyn, like, I don't know, I, I almost feel like it works better when people start as friends of Housewives first. I feel like it's very, I always have a hard time when, like, we get these new Housewives and we are, we're thrown into their lives. We're, like, we get a lot of, we get a lot of storylines about them right away and about their family and about everything. And, like, I haven't had time to warm up to, warm up to them yet. So it's hard for me to, like, I don't know if you feel that way about new Housewives, but I feel like that's a lot of the problem is that, like, when they're brought on not as, like, a friend of when they just like immediately are given these sort of like prime storylines. It's, it's tough to like get it to like, to be into it. Yeah. Well, I have to feel like there's some chemistry there first. And sometimes it comes from having an actual real world connection. And sometimes it comes from that person just being meant to be on this show. Right. I think with with Kelly, with Kelly Dodd, it was just like, you know, she was just like right away, like, in the fray and like, and, 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 and was such a, like a character that it mm-hmm. worked um, with people like Carrie and Bronwyn. I just, I don't, I know maybe we disagree on Bronwyn, but I just like, don't feel like, and another part of the problem is that like, there's not that much happening on Dallas. And so like, we have more storylines about like Carrie and her husband, which like I could care less about, you know what I mean? Like, or like, her kids or whatever it is like we're getting more of her and her like family life because there isn't anything else happening to talk about I mean that was the one moment where I was like oh that's interesting just to note that Eduardo or whatever like doesn't want to give her any kind of collateral which doesn't seem to be a great indicator um but I do not give a a single shit about Carrie with a K and I also feel like this franchise is way too young to feel this tired and if you want to watch this season just watch last season a second time where you will see it done and produced at a much better level and 
because, you know, I always forget the rating stuff. I really am not good at that. That's like something I, I just genuinely don't care enough to research. But I love when you guys. Dallas was, Dallas look, was not was not a high ratings. No, it, it never was. And I love when you guys send me stats. And, it, and, and I have seen the season is not doing well. It is right. like low. It's not in a position where it can be doing this poorly artistically because you're losing the people who would tell their friends to watch this show. Right. Like it is. It was struggling last season. And we were like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And this season, they're in a place where I would think it would put you a little bit in jeopardy. Now, I don't work at Bravo HQ, so I don't know how they're judging like the cost of producing these shows versus how many people are watching. And maybe they feel like this is an investment opportunity and it doesn't sort of matter if people are saying this show well, sucks it, it, because they it, have another is, season left in them. I don't was, know. But it was they did make that investment, right? Because season one was like not a success at all. Right. And they and they kept going. And season two Thank was like, a, they hu- did. a huge improvement and it was like worth worth it but they also waited a long time before they brought it back do you remember like i think potomac also like even though potomac was good ratings from the beginning like it it took me i didn't i was not on team potomac season one no but yeah, it, yeah. but ratings wise it did yeah. well like um it did better than dallas yes um i think that like they they made that investment and i would not be shocked if like dallas was the first show to get canceled in a while the way that like you know not since miami right like yeah I think that like we sort of have this weird mentality that like all housewife shows will just go on indefinitely. And I think at some point, like if Dallas like doesn't get any better this season and like people aren't into it and it's just like not, you know what I mean? Like why wouldn't Bravo just say like, forget that we could just produce like another Vanderpump Rules spinoff or we can produce another, like do another city. Like, and I don't want it to go. I just think we need to kick Carrie K off. We need to bring Carrie C back and we need to relook. I keep forgetting who said this. I think it was Evan Ross cats recently, which is like either they, they need to stop bringing in people who appear to be on an assigned team already. And the Leanne Deandra stuff is done. Like we're done. These women do not care about each other. What your comment astute comment that you made earlier of like if we if you go on the show you're sacrificing all of your relationships and you sort of have that understanding at this point right. not to like mischaracterize what you said but no but here like, I go. Just, just, like i think that what i'm saying that's is a that, prime like, example what i was saying is like you know there are exceptions like brandy and stephanie yeah. they had a falling out but they're they're fine Back. now that like this show does serious damage to like long-standing relationships. It does. And I you think know? these women, they're too late in the game of this franchise now to pretend that they didn't know that. And there was an inherent dynamic with Leanne and Deandra that's obviously continuing because we've heard about like who's the queen of the whatever, aka who's the real star, where Deandra went on the show. And I thought, I think Deandra had a great first season and thought that that would continue forever and that she would just be seen as like America's sweetheart, which is not factually correct. And I think that Deandra came on the show and because she knew that she had more money than Leanne and she had the society name that she would come out on top and that hasn't happened. And so we're watching the downfall of their relationship because of shit that's happened on the show and also them fighting about their standing off. I, th- I find that fascinating AKA circle last season. This season, I'm like, I'm done now. You guys don't right. like each other. It's well, stupid. The, I think I think the repetitiveness of the, of it's like it's sort of comical that we've had a party for Leanne's wedding in every episode. Yeah, but it really like kind of feels appropriate given how stale the season feels. That like yeah, we literally have, have. we're seeing the same parties over and over and over again, and none of us care. And the fact that like, um, God, the other drama that's driving me crazy is the Stephanie Cam stuff because it's what are they even fighting about? And like, I think that Cam is like, I know people like Cam and think she's underrated, but I find her to be insufferable. And she's I, she's insufferable. And I just like, she's, 
she's smarter than she acts for sure. Totally. But also like you can't actually have a conversation with her. So when Stephanie's trying to like work it out with her, like it's, it's like talking to a wall where I'm like, I don't want to watch this. It's just frustrating. I think, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Cam is just sitting there like picking out whatever like slight she can find and then just like throwing it back. And I just like, it's not interesting to me. I think, you know, Damien came on AG last week, OG of the AG, and said that he thought that Deandra was, like, one of his, one of, like, the most insufferable housewives that he's ever watched in the show. And oh, I was wow. Like, I know. I was surprised by that. But I'm watching Cam. Cam's behavior this past episode, I felt rage. Not only about what she's doing on screen, which is essentially on screen, which is, like, gaslighting Stephanie, but her behavior online I thought was inappropriate. What did she do? She's just been, like... I'm sorry, and I maybe I'm just, like, too protective of Stephanie, but I think I have the right to be protective because she is an angel sent to us from heaven above and right. has done not a single thing that I find myself criticizing, aside from, like, Voting not loving Trump. herself. I don't. I can't even get into that right now. <laughs> like, nobody's perfect, but she is as close as anyone will ever be. And Cam is just doing some, I'm sorry, but hashtag systematic bullying of just attacking <laughs> Stephanie repeatedly uh. over and over and over again. She's only responding to viewers that are like, mm, Cam's fun, and she's saying it... Over and over and over again, she brought up screenshots that she took of Stephanie's assistant taking photos of her and posting stuff on her social media the day that her bullshit 11 a.m. mother hosted couples shower um, for Leanne and Rich took place and is saying, you could have been here, but you weren't. And Stephanie has said repeatedly online that the reason that at 11 a.m. she wasn't at a couples shower, noting that she had hosted one prior so she could not be i'm getting very hot and bothered because i am too <laughs> seven, like, stephanie could not be more of a fucking friend to leanne and everybody else on this motherfucking show and put she paid for the fucking previous shower that we saw on a week past and has attended other things and is obviously a supportive friend to leanne's upcoming like 18th wedding event which happens to be her actual wedding and cam is like well because you weren't here at 11 a.m you were lying to me and i'm gonna gaslight this and pretend that you're a bad person and what stephanie has said repeatedly on the show and online is i had engagements for my children i'm gonna put my kids first and stephanie said online in tweets she's like i had to bring both of these kids to different schools and I had an engagement for both of these kids and I was sure technically sitting on my couch in sweats at 11 in the morning because she probably just gotten back from the school and getting into hair and makeup takes a little bit of time and nobody should know that more than fucking Cameron Westcott so if we're pretending that she thinks (laughs) that Stephanie should have shown up in sweats and no makeup to her bullshit gorgeous I have to say that shower was stunning devoid of any personality or character I would fucking love that shit are you kidding I would to stand in front of that balloon step and repeat Jimmy um Westcott has terrific waspy taste I, I genuinely I'm not like I the food no, looks I, great. I, impact could not if Taylor Armstrong spent 50k on on Kennedy's like fourth birthday who knows how much fucking money went into that day and I am appreciative of your old money cash <laughs> but for Cameron to say that shit online and she's just spouting the same stuff over and over and over again and then Cam does her thing of being like well I'm a great mom because she uh, I don't know spends wonderful minutes with her kids like whatever she decides to do as a parent is fine but her gaslighting and pretending that Stephanie was doing something that was like evil or poor friendy toward Leanne is horseshit and I will go to my grave saying that what Cam is doing is disgusting and I do not for a second I'm trying to kill a fly as I say this look at me multitasking is in (laughs) no way like consistent with reality 
And which is why, by the way, I'm appreciative that can Cameron's you, giving you, us something, but I could, hate it. Could you imagine if I disagreed with you? Like I, I, I would murder like, you. I, don't, I would murder but I'm you right terrified now. Terrified right now. Um, Am no, I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. Thank you're you. absolutely right. Thank I mean, so like I. That's what it's. It's just. It's not. It's. It's frustrating because like. Yeah, because it's like gaslighting. Because it's just like they're not fighting about anything. You know, like Cam is just like the thing where like Stephanie was like saying, "I want us to be more than surface level friends," and for Cam to be like, "Oh, so you thought I was a surface level friend?" Like it's just like it's such a a, a silly sort of like. And I don't even. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Cam's trying to create drama for TV. I don't know if she's like. Just, I think she actually believes it. I don't know what it is. Like I think that she's just like. She's a monster. She's impossible. I don't know. I, I really like, I'm not, none of them are having good seasons. And P.S. Cam is obviously watching the show as we all are and has known about Stephanie's very open and brave struggle with mental health. And I'm not to, I'm not saying that if you're angry at someone, you, you can't say it, but I am saying like, it seems in the worst possible way for Cam as a person, she is picking like low-hanging fruit in the sense that I feel like she is manipulating Stephanie specifically because she thinks that Stephanie is a beta and won't stand up for herself. And sweetie, you are picking the wrong fucking person because Stephanie is one of the greatest, kindest, bravest, most <laughs> okay. angelic All housewives right. that we have ever had. And it also feels like it's showing your true colors. She's never going to do this about Leanne because she doesn't think she's going to win against Leanne in a fight. I don't even think she would really do it against Deandra. Her picking this fight and repeatedly aggressing Stephanie to me says much more about Cameron's character than anyone else's. She's making a specific choice and it's disgusting. There are are people. And I'm so glad she's on the show. There are people who don't like Stephanie. I think that majority people do because like what's not to like and like she's very lovable. But I think that like there are people who kind of just group her with Brandy who don't like Brandy who are like. And there's some good critique there. There's some valid critique. I think that it's very I think that it's easy if you are like a a brandy hater to kind of just like lump Stephanie in with that, even though like, I think Stephanie, like Stephanie, what was so frustrating about Cam acting like Stephanie was not a good friend is like when Cam and Brandy had that ridiculous fight over nothing with the napkin and her calling her trash and like in, you know, the fight in Mexico. Yeah. Like Stephanie did not go after Brandy. She went over to Cam and was like, even though Cam was like behaving really fucking poor, like that she was so angry that like, Brady said effing in her face as she loves to say that she threw a napkin at her and, and called, called her, her trash. trash. I was like, fuck you. And then, and then Stephanie went over to her garbage and then Stephanie went over to, to cam. So like this whole narrative that cam has been a bad friend to her is silly. Did that she, Stephanie has been a bad friend sorry, to cam. Sorry. Yeah. Stephanie no, no, been a bad I got it. Cam. Did, did like were were Stephanie and Brandy suspicious of Cam to begin with? Yes, because Cam treated them like garbage because she acted like she was better than them from the moment she arrived on the show. She thought she was like better than these people, and every time she calls uh, Brandy trash, it reflects a very real belief that she is of a lower class. That she thinks that Brandy is of a lower class than she is. She has made this clear from the from the moment she started on the show. So I think it's really disingenuous for her to act like I just showed up and tried to be part of your group and you guys like bullied me when really what happened is Cam showed up and thought she was better than them and they reacted defensively, which is valid. Cam's also one of those people who I've just loved to get angry at. Like I love it. I'm so appreciative that she's on the show because she is such a horrible person and so rich (laughs) and pretty and has such genuine, she has a genuine, legit old money ranked 
position in Dallas society, which is a rarity to get someone like that on Housewives. And I am appreciative of it. Yeah, I Thank think you. that I do. I, Thank I, you for your service. I do. I'm glad she's on the show. I think that like in the last episode, the last couple episodes, like part of the staleness I'm feeling with the show and like the frustration with the season, like that falls into like or or sort of Cam's behavior falls into that in the sense that like it's not fun for me to watch her like. On, she can't have a conversation. They're not having an actual fight. Totally. She's just kind of like she's not hearing anything. She's just saying whatever. She seems like. she's a total space cadet like that's not fun to watch so like i do i do like that she like can kind of play the villain yeah but i'm not enjoying it as much this season because it just seems like shit so it's so outside of reality it's i'm just laughing at myself because i you're saying these things and i'm like it's kind of like when i talk about shannon (laughs) where it's Um, like sometimes where there's sometimes like a love where it's like there's no rhyme or reason for this no you just just, love love this person i just love it um okay can i give you a satchel before we wrap because we need to talk about the most important part of any episode um that dallas has had so far this season of any scene which obviously concerns mama d v deandra right and i have two satchels of gold one from jess in because i I do have thoughts about all of all of that by the way oh i need to hear it i need to hear it you're moving in okay great satchel from jess in dallas Ooh, dallas it's tough mama d raised a spoiled brat and hates her for it second satchel of gold from m in sydney it's obvious to everyone except deandra that she needs to let go of her trust i would not be surprised if mama d hasn't blown it all already and unshackle herself from her mother mama d is a piece of work and deandra has no doubt had a very dysfunctional childhood this relationship is very disturbing um it is i i do have to say i think that deandra's like money troubles on the show are some of the first in a long time on Housewives that feel real to me. Completely nodding. And yes. I think that people, you hear how much money she's talking about and it sounds like, and to those of us who don't earn nearly as much, it sounds crazy. But the truth is like when you have that much property and you have that much, your the bills they're paying every month and all the shit that they have, like Deandra is absolutely living beyond her means and her money concerns are very, very real. Yeah. And I think that like the failing company is absolutely dragging her down. And I also believe that, like, Mama D gave her the company for a reason. I think that, like, that is, that, like, there was a sort of, like, you figure it out aspect to all of it. And I think that, like, that, I don't, I'm not convinced it's, like, the whole sort of, like, competitive thing of wanting to, like, you know, of, like, giving her the company so that she could watch it fail. But I do think that Mama D was, like, this is a sinking ship. You can go ahead and take it now. And I'm going to... I'm going to blame you when it ultimately sinks because I'm going to money and savings shame you while also not revealing the fact that what you probably know to be true, you know, you don't have any money left in your trust because I spent it. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I, I think it is very strange as someone who does not come from family money that a woman that is 50 years old has declined the opportunity to access just the total amount in her trust. I am confused that because of some saying that her stepfather said to her mother back in the day before he died of like, don't let her whatever that Deandra has decided that that means she shouldn't know the number and has also decided that 
because her mother is the trustee, that means she can never really hold her to account, that she's always ultimately going to bury um, expressing herself. And surely Deandra knows that all is not well. If she was handed the keys to a company that she thought had more value or at least less debt than it does, what on fucking earth does she truly think about what is inside that amount, especially if she's only getting $5,000 a month from that? When she said the words $5,000, the gasp that came out of my body was heard in the Neiman Marcus in Dallas. Like that is a staggeringly low number. And you look at other people who come from like Shep Rose heard 5,000 a month and he's like, you mean a day? Like that is a very small amount of money, which doesn't mean well. For a lot of people who like watch these shows, it seems like that's plenty of money. But like when you are living the lifestyle that she is, that's nothing at all. I don't think anybody looked at 5K a month thinking about how much money she spent I remember she did like an inside my closet thing I think it was for bravo tv.com or something where it was like she's like this is a Valentino dress that was like 15,000 or 25,000 or maybe she did it on the show with her stepson and she was like oh so crazy I can't wear it again like I hear someone's getting a check from $5,000 a month noting that they're not really getting paid from work or if they are it's going to something well, she else. Has or, a sal- she has a salary. But like how big is that salary? She talked about it in the episode. I don't remember what but it was like not she was what was she saying I can't live on like whatever a year. It was like No I think she was talking about the 60k a year meaning 5k a month times 12. Oh okay yeah yeah. I don't think we ever heard and then mama sorry I'm all over the place but there was a lot there to unpack and mama D being like well why can't you live on that you're bad with money and right. then Deandra responding and being like, well, I had 9 million pairs of shoes when I was six I, months old. I, I think, I think that like, that like mama D absolutely spoiled her and taught her to live this lifestyle. And like, that is her responsibility. But I also believe that Deandra is bad with money. Yeah. And I think that what she was, what mama D was saying was like, is very true and very true of like so many of us, regardless of how much money we have, which is that we, we spend what we, what we, like we spend what we can. So if you make more money, you spend ding, more ding, money. Ding. Like, and I think that like she's right in a sense that like if Deandra suddenly like had more of an income, she would just spend that. I don't think that she's going to be saving that money. And also, I so I have been joking for several weeks, like the horrible person that I am that like Deandra's poor, which spoiler alert, she is. I did not know that Deandra didn't own her home. I did not know yeah. that either her mom owns her or very, the very own- Candace. They, I mean, my worse than Candace because Candace is at least I don't think that Candace is at least in a point in her career where her career sort of hasn't started yet. Right. Deandra is at a point that she acknowledges where it's like she left a career that she had in D.C. to come home for whatever reason. It was ultimately her choice. And she's living in a property that doesn't belong to her. And P.S. Do we know that it even belongs to the trust? Who knows how many mortgages have been assigned to that? You like who knows who if that house was bought in cash by the trust? Like who who knows? As you're saying, it takes a lot of money to afford being rich. And yeah. like if Mama D, whatever happens, happens like who knows how much of the estate will, you know, need to how many bills will need to you know go back to the estate to cover all this she's not in a great spot and her husband doesn't contribute at all to their income I don't see this going in a positive direction for Deandra to support herself in any way to a lifestyle that she has become accustomed to yeah I think what's really interesting also on these shows that we can't really talk about is like 
you know, how much the show pays for. It's such a good so point. So we don't, so like, we know that like, you know, what Deandra's living off of more than like what she's making from her failing company is the salary she makes on this show. So like, if I'm Deandra, like I'm panicking about ratings because like, what will happen if the show goes away? Like there are so many of these housewives and we, we, we forget, you know, they, they get fired from the show, whatever we, we kind of move on with our lives and don't remember, but they, they're, lifestyles are paid for so much by the show you know so like what you know what like how are Gretchen and Slade living for example when like we know that Slade is in massive debt and will be for the rest of his life which is why they can't get married when like when when Gretchen's income was primarily from the show so like yes like it ends up being appearance fees basically and like you know whatever bullshit you do as like a a dealer celebrity to like make money but like the salary they make from these shows is not insignificant. And almost how much money do they have to invest? The the housewives yes, of yesteryear yes. is not the same as this year. We make fun of Gina's new Gina on OC's glam, but like she is not a woman that has a lot of money who's going through a lot of stuff right now. And she, what do you do when you're cast on this show and you have to pay for like your 24 yes. seven glam? It, there's I, a I've, high cost of living. Not I've, to say um, that Deandra didn't have that life before, but Jesus. No, I thought about this a lot because I'm always like, what would I do in a reality show? Because I wear the same outfits so often because I just don't have that many nice clothes. And I'm always like, what would I do if I were being filmed? And if I would be like made fun of for wearing the same thing more than once, like how would I do that? You know, there was that article about um, the bachelor and about how much those women spend because they have to bring oh. a certain number of dresses to, like, oh my God. Bring, I think it's like 10 different dresses. Mm. And so like some of them rent stuff and some of them, but some of them are buying things and it's an investment. You're like investing in, your reality career and spending tens of thousands of dollars that you don't have BCC drag race too. in the hope, in the hope that you will be able to make a career out of this and then like make, make it back. But like, yeah, there, there is like, you know, especially on housewives. Now there is like an obligation to kind of like keep up with the Joneses. But at the same time, like we know that like so many housewives who are fake rich, like end up being undone by this because they like, rent homes they can't afford and rent cars they can't afford because they want to look good on TV. And then it all comes crashing down because surprise there was fraud involved or because like they're now, you know, how many of them have like gone bankrupt or like had to like have been sued because they owe people money. Like it's, it's all because of like trying to keep up this image. I'm going to need to go to physical therapy from the amount of nodding that I'm doing right now (laughs) while Lewis is talking. Cause it's, that is exactly right. And obviously the interesting, not obviously, but the interesting thing to me with Deandra is it's the keeping up with the Joneses IRL, the way yeah. that she lived before the show, and also how being on the show has exacerbated or made worse her spending. Well, I think that what's interesting about Dallas is that it's one of the only cities now that really has society in the same way. In like, a real way. There certainly there certainly is New York society. But those women are not on Housewives. Ram- Ramona's dream in life is right. To be, like, th- yeah. like there are real New York society women, and they are not doing Real Housewives. And so, like, maybe at some point the Countess would have been one of them. But at this point, she's a reality personality and cabaret star. So you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that she- there's whatever New York society exists. Like, they are not part of it. The only person that I would counter and say genuinely actually is which we have made fun of her for saying Sonia? in the past is Sonia who had her photos yesterday from La Grande Wee, I think it was for right. a ladies lunch with fucking um Ivana Trump I just forgot her name for a second and Carol Asher of like the Asher Diamond right. these women who 
I mean, Ivana Trump is probably not the best example, but everybody else in that group photo has bajillions of no, dollars. I, I, but I yeah. think like, but, but that's, but you could like, I'm, what I'm saying is and like, Sonia's like the poor one. I'm saying these names have like, that they're, they're now more about the reality show than they are about like, totally like Carol Radziwill. Like that is the Radziwill name is a real name. Completely. Like, I think that like Delesibs is like, you know, a real name or totally. was at one point but they're not like they're not operating in new york society anymore they're now just like bravo liberties yeah and i think that dallas these like these women are very much like obsessed with like actual dallas society and that matters to them as much as like cameron westcott cares as much about like the westcott name as she does about like being a bravo be a bravo liberty being a reality star and also not damaging that name and pissing off jimmy I'm right sure that's a huge part so of this. so it's different because like if the cameras were off we know that deandra would still be trying to like live up to her name in 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 a way whereas whereas like a lot of these shows like on on oc or like jersey or whatever like they're not do they're not spending this money because they're trying to keep up with like society they're spending this money because they're trying to keep up with like their reality persona. I think that Dallas is, is exceptional in that way in that Deandra spending, as you're saying is, is, is as much about like her IRL life and trying to like not fall out of Dallas society. Such a good point. So well said. And what's interesting to me, you know, I sometimes fall behind in watching watch what happens. So I try to binge as many of the like housewife specific apps as I can before recording. And I was watching the one that Deandra had with, um, Jenna Dewan, who I guess watches Dallas. She was adorable. Um, but during the show, or was it on the after show? No, I think it was during the show, Mama D called in. And it's she does her whole, like, I could give a rip of, like, what other people think of me. It's just so interesting that there is not an actual ounce of a moment of contemplation or like real acknowledgement of how she's behaving toward her daughter on the TV show. And she's driving straight, like head first diving straight into, I am a TV star and I think it's adorable. And also I don't regret anything that I've said about her daughter. And like the best, the worst thing, one of the worst things I've ever heard a parent say on housewives was this week right? It wasn't in the teaser for the season. I think it was, it happened on this week's episode when she's like the best quality, the best thing my daughter does is ask for money. Right. Which. Ow. Like that is rough stuff. It's dark. It's dark. It's so dark, but also like I found this scene illuminating in the scene for next week where they go to lunch and Jeremy's asking his mom-in-law if she has any regrets. And she's like, I don't like pass the mimosas. I mean, it's it, it. This is like a real crazy fucked up relationship that we're seeing and watching the influence of housewifery play out in that dynamic right. is fascinating. Right. Mama D is so interesting to me because she definitely loves being on TV and loves is like it. into the being a TV personality, but there is like genuine darkness there and like, yes. and trauma in a way that like, whereas I've complained about other moms on these shows who like are too into being on TV and like, I don't know what the distinction is, but mama D is just better TV. Like her relationship with Deandra is like good TV. She's mama Elsian in the way that she comes in as such a totally different person and personality than what we've ever seen before and is also 
deeply and honestly herself. Right. And it's something that I think other moms get confused by like Dr. Deb probably thinks I'm the first mom to have rainbow colored like hair or whatever. So I'm uniquely me, but it comes off as false because I think Dr. Deb at her core is a false fake person. And I think that mama D regardless of how you think about her, this is like real mama D. She is a showstopper. She's a personality and probably always has been and a a name in society because of her husband's family. This this reminds me that we totally left out Tinsley and talking about society people on, on New York. So, which is unfair to Tinsley because Tinsley Mortimer was an actual society swan person. Um, but, but Dale is like a good example of someone else who like is very much herself, but also like loves being on camera and is like a personality and is really good at it, but, but has a legitimately fraught relationship with her daughter based on like not understanding her needs and treating her like, you know, but at least with Dale, I look it down on like, at least I can see the love there where it's not just a competition. Yeah. yeah. feels like Mama D is competing with uh, Deandra. Mama D has moments where you can tell that she cares about Deandra, but I think that you know, she's definitely more withholding. And God bless her for it. What yeah. an episode. Lewis Peitzman, there's a fly um, flying around in my living room right now because I think it's just so happy to be a fly on the wall of this conversation. <laughs> Look at what I did there. I OMG. Lewis Peitzman, tell the people um, where to follow you online, where they can join just some of your casual Twitter friends like, oh, I don't know, Chrissy Teigen. Christine uh, Teigen. You can follow me on Twitter at Lewis Peitzman. You can subscribe to my newsletter. Hi, drama. LewisPeitzman.substack.com. Um, and yeah. This was such a joy. I am so glad that you were on the People's Every People's time we're going to say we're going to do a short episode, we <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> I said to Lewis Peitzman before recording, I was like, this is going to be short because I need to take a walk. And it was not even a little bit short. And but it's 9 p.m. The- now. It's too late to walk. It is 2020, you guys. You won't believe what happened with that election. <laughs> I would tell you, but we've run out of time. Um, This was such a joy. Guys, if you haven't purchased Andy's Girls merch, holy fucking shit. What is wrong with you? The store is open. Slide in there and buy yourself a tea. Great for the holiday season. Terrific to wear at BravoCon. Um, Halloween's coming up. Who's is dressing this, as is me? This is Andy's, Andy's Girls merch by Aileen 2. It is Andy's Girls merch by Aileen 2. But unlike Aileen 2, the store <laughs> remains open for biz. Um, guys, if you don't follow me on um, Twitter, Instagram, which 99% of you do not, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for? Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley, Lewis Peitzman. I can't. I we got a little political this week, which we did. I'm sure we'll get fault. angry tweets, but you can't not. I mean, sometimes you have to. I, well, I'm willing to have. I'm willing to have this discussion. I will. Ha- I will exchange like two tweets with you if you want to yell at me, and then I will mute you. Oh, I thought you meant me specifically. No, I was you like, can. I will, you, I will yell at you about Cameron uh, Westcott. I, I, will I will yell at you no, for that's, days. That's, that's fine. Even though we agree, you can keep yelling. Make America Stephanie again is Absolutely. all I have to say. Love and kindness. Amen. Love and light. Oh my God. Stay in the positive. <laughs> Stay in the whatever. Lewis, um, this was a total pleasure. I need to have you back ASAP, especially because um, Jersey and Atlanta are coming. I can't wait. I can't. Save us. So Save much. us from Dallas. Save us from Dallas. Um, Mama D, uh, slide into my Venmo. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and guys, we'll talk to you again so soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.